This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and this week, it's kind of a Christmas week. I'm so excited to get to say Christmas, uh, as the accent betrays me. Uh, as you know, uh, I was born and raised American, but moved here uh, ooh, about 18 years ago, uh, which means that I do Thanksgiving. And so technically in my household, you're not allowed to say the word Christmas or talk about Christmas or have any sort of Christmas conversation until after Thanksgiving exists. And uh, so therefore it is a well built up anticipation. Uh, also, it means that my poor husband is not allowed to eat a mince pie until after Thanksgiving, which is the fourth Thursday of November. So the man was in much anticipation, but it is now Christmas season, Christmas season, and I am living in the dream. It is nothing but Christmas music and Christmas hats and Christmas decorations in my house. And so I thought we'll do an episode that's kind of Christmassy. And so today we are talking about all the different ways people found and met Jesus in the nativity and what it has to do with our kids. Uh, I'm doing a question that's following up a question we had before about some under fives. And uh, what do you do if they're just free range on a Sunday morning? And how can we help them engage? And is that important? important, actually. Uh, I'm also in our wild card section uh, talking about unwinding wrong views of God at Christmas and how we can uh, help walk alongside our kids in that. And as always, we will finish with a question to start an interesting conversation with your children about that. Uh, just a little advert. Do, 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 do. Uh, we have the Facebook Live coming up on the 16th for parents. If you want to Join me live with a drink. I'll be doing something for zero to five parents. Well, parents of children zero to five, uh, parents for children five to 11, and parents of teenagers, all about uh, navigating tough family situations at Christmas. Uh, well, any sort of situation when we're all together with varying different levels of faith and experience and history and how do we uh, walk our kids spiritually through that whole experience. Uh, also, a warning, 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 uh, in the wildcard section, uh, we will be talking about views of God and may mention Santa. So if you are listening with children who might be a bit confused about what I'm talking about, uh, you might want to listen to the wildcard section without them. So let's get started. Uh, this first section, uh, I guess I just wanted to say that some of Parenting for Faith is proactive and some is reactive. And sometimes you're strategic and sometimes you're just surfing the waves. And at this Christmas season, I just wanted to remind you to be watching out for the waves of all kinds. We want all of our kids to meet and know God, and that may look different with other children and young people this Christmas season. But that's, I just wanted to encourage you that it is still happening. Sometimes, particularly at Christmas, we're looking for a specific expression of connection with God. And actually, everybody meets God and knows God in different ways. And you can even see that in Nativity. Everybody in the Nativity found Jesus and met Jesus in different ways. And you may have a kid who's like a particular 
person in the story of the nativity. And I just wanted to highlight that, I guess, for you. Um, For instance, Mary, she was told about Jesus, but it was a growing, slow growing knowledge of getting to know him. I mean, she was actually like having Jesus grow inside of her, literally. But, you know, she was told who he was and what his name would be. But then it it took her nine months before she could really meet him face to face. She had a long time to wrap her brain around it. Um, Mary knew God and, and had a sense of Jesus long before she met him face to face. And some of our kids are like that. They are knowing God and it's growing slow and steady and they are aware of his presence, but it's taking a while for them to sort of meet him face to face. There was this one boy uh, who I was talking to. He became a, he was a teenager when I was talking to him and, uh, and he, I was talking to him about God and he sort of, his face sort of just, uh, changed as I was talking about God in my life. And he goes, Oh, so that's his name. And I'm like, whose name? And he's like, Jesus, that's the name of the person who's been in my life. And I'm like, tell me about that. And he told me all these stories of when he felt like God met him or God helped him or God encountered him throughout his childhood. And he just had a general sense of a being greater than himself was encountering him. And he never knew his name. And then in my youth ministry, he all of a sudden found out his name was like, oh, that makes total sense. And God is faithful to be engaging with our kids. And some of our kids are just on a slow burn of growing and getting to know him. And that's okay. If you have this kid, this is where framing uh, is really helpful because framing helps our children see where God is in their lives and in your life. If you have a kid who's on the slow burn of, of being aware of God's presence and getting to know him, then framing for this child um, where God is in your life and where you see God in their lives and, and how they can begin to recognize God that's already there is a really helpful tool to have um, in your bag. But Mary's not the only one who met Jesus in the nativity story. There's Elizabeth, Mary's aunt. She uh, recognized God in others. Um, In the nativity story, Elizabeth, um, uh, Mary comes to visit Elizabeth and the baby inside of Elizabeth is like, whoa, I think something special is in Mary. And the Holy Spirit comes upon Elizabeth and Elizabeth is like, wait a minute, you're carrying someone really significant. She recognized God in others. Elizabeth's baby sensed Jesus and the Holy Spirit confirmed it to her when she was around Jesus in Mary. Some teens I have known keep coming back to conversations about God because there was something of God in us, in me, in their parents, in the people in church that they recognized and they wanted more of. And the more we can create windows into our lives and the more we have communities that can create windows into theirs, the more we create opportunities for our children of all ages, children, teens, and adults to see God and recognize him in other people. And your kid may be like that. There's the shepherds. The shepherds um, met God in a totally different way. They met Jesus by having a massive supernatural encounter where God is apparent. God was like, Oh, there's a big revelation. Angels appear in the sky and be like, Jesus is here. Go find him. And uh, there are there are so many kids who have those big experiences, a, a big revelation, a big church moment, a face to face time with God where their heart to heart connection leads them straight to God. 
the shepherds had an encounter and they ran towards Jesus. And sometimes there are kids who have big encounters with God and they run towards Jesus. Um, whether it's a kid telling me of a, a dream they had about God. Um, another child told me about being in the car and all of a sudden they were just overwhelmed by how loved she was by God as she was listening to worship music. Um, the tool Chat and Catch really creates space for this. Take time to play worship music. Invite God to lay down with you as you go to sleep or light a candle and chat to God and catch from him. If you have a kid who uh, has had a, a, an encounter, a sort of moment with God, um, you can create, continue to create space for that. And if that's something that you think um, you want to create space for within your child, you can build in moments in your life for to invite your children to have opportunities to meet with God in that way. But that's not it. Mary had the slow burn. Elizabeth recognized God in others. Shepherds had a massive spiritual encounter. The wise men, on the other hand, logicked their way to God. They logicked their way to Jesus. They academically studied. They searched. They sacrificed. They traveled for months. They investigated and they discovered Jesus at the end of a long search. I've wrestled with kids' questions and doubts and helped kids find their own answers and delve into apologetics. And some kids just take longer to understand and think because that's their personality and shape. But when they find Jesus, they are rock solid. Unwinding, that tool unwinding that we talk about in Parenting for Faith helps with this. This walking alongside an intellectual progress of discovery and guiding their understanding. If you have a kid who is like a wise man who just logics their way and thinks about everything, that's a delight and a joy. You can join them in that and grab some books about apologetics and listen to the Bible Project and find historical books on the history of Rome and join them in the wondering and the wrestling. It's a wonderful way of getting to know Jesus. And the last people I just want to highlight in the nativity story is Simeon and Anna, where Mary had the slow burn and Elizabeth recognized God and others. The shepherds had a massive encounter. The wise men logicked their way into it. Simeon and Anna um, were at the temple when Joseph and Mary brought Jesus to the temple. And they just had eager hearts and they were ready to gently respond when they encountered the God at work and they just knew that they knew that that was God and Jesus comes across their path and they leap on and we can watch our children and see when they recognize God and we can follow them that it was a wave that happened in their life um, there are so many times where our children just gently respond to what God is doing in them there was a story of a child <laughs> who had like heard um, through conversations with his parents and church about wanting to commit to to being a christian you know that 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 was something in their in their expression of church that was really really important to this this moment of commitment and uh, and this kid just announced at the dinner table <laughs> Um, I've decided that I would like to become a Christian. Please wait. And it, like everyone, the food was getting cold on the table. And this kid was like seven and just just at the table, completely out of nowhere, was just like, please wait. And then just bowed his head and was like, God, I want to be with you always. I want to be a Christian. I want to be your friend forever. Amen. And just was like, that was my moment. And then was like, please pass the potatoes. <laughs> and then parents were like, whoa, that was unexpected. Uh, and they just sort of jumped on. There was something that was happening independent in this kid's life that made him want to respond gently to what God was doing. Um, there was a, another kid. I heard a story of a kid who, um, 
who really was like, I, I, they were reading the Bible like at night times with their kid. And the kid was in the bath and was old enough to be alone in the bath, you know, sort of, you know, when they get old enough where you're like, just leave the door open and I know you're alive. And, uh, and this kid, all of a sudden they heard a big splash and they were like, are you okay? And the kid was like, yeah, I just baptized myself. <laughs> and the kid was like, they were like, why? And there he was like, I don't know, I was just chatting to God. And I thought, I, I want to baptize myself. I want to be a Christian. They go, Okay. And this kid just had a little moment where they wanted to do that. And don't forget to jump on board with what God is already doing in the lives of your kids. Um, God is think is talking to them. They're processing what's happening in scripture. And it's fun and exciting. So like Simon and Nana, sometimes Jesus comes across their path and they want to respond and you can help them. We can all find ourselves in the nativity story and so can our kids. And as you head through the Christmas season, don't forget to use the tools we talk about all the time to help your children on the journey. All our kids are different and all of us are different from each other. And whether your kid is one or 34, they are on a journey with God and it'll look different and unique to them. So whether your kid's like Mary, who's slow learning to see God in her life, or is like Elizabeth and is watching God in others, or like the shepherds having significant moments of encounter, or the wise men who are intellectually exploring their way to meet Jesus, or like Simeon and Anna responding to the gentle revelation of himself, you can help your kids take your next step and create space for them to meet with God personally. So create windows, frame, unwind, chat and catch, surf the waves, you can do it. There's more on the tools on the website if you want. There's the free course. And of course, lots more content on the podcast if you want to delve into this. But for now, I just want to pray for you. God, I thank you for this amazing opportunity of Christmas and this uh, time where we get to wade in to helping our kids and know you and, and recognize you more. And as we go through this season, I pray that you'd open our eyes to help us see the path our children are on and be wise to help them take the next step as we marvel at what you are doing in their lives. So I pray for significant strength for these parents, um, supernatural sleep, that uh, they, for, as they sleep their five hours or six hours, it would feel like they slept 10. And God, I pray uh, that you would be so present with us that we would know you in whatever path we're walking this season. In Jesus' name, amen. And for our question time, I wanted to come back and revisit a question that we uh, had a couple of months ago, I think. Uh, someone wrote in and asked about surviving in church with under threes. And in the particular context they were in, they didn't have any any um, any kids ministry for under threes. So they were sort of stuck in church with their multiple under threes children trying to figure out uh, what to do. And uh, we had a friend, Sarah Hogman, answer, you know, great answer of, you know, how to make it through a service with some under threes. And uh, I just felt like I wanted to revisit it because um, as I've talked to people uh, going through, uh, sometimes it's not just if you don't have under threes provision. Sometimes half your service doesn't have under threes provision and the kids are in during the worship. And uh, I just wanted to just do a little follow on of some specific things you can do to help under threes engage and sort of think about about that. So I just wanted to do a little next step for that as we take you know, all of Sarah's wisdom and move on uh, with that. I just wanted to say that it's okay for under threes to not engage with everything in the service. Uh, sometimes we, we so desperately want our kids to love church that we 
uh, can get nervous when our kids look bored or when things are going over their head or when we're like, my three-year-old thinks the sermon is boring or my three-year-old hates the notices and we can get um, pressure that we think if our kids aren't enjoying it, aren't getting it, then what's the point of bringing them? And I just want to say that that it's really significant to bring your under threes to church. It's really important for their spiritual uh, development to have them in there, even if they don't understand everything that's happening. Uh, because I just wanted to remind you what church is for. Church is for drawing near to God and for engaging with community who all love God and who express it in different ways and who can sense God and to train our children to say, I know God is in this place and I come to worship him and I am part of something that's bigger than myself. And all of the the values of church we have, all of that, your under three is soaking up as they are there. And so if our view of church is very narrow, when we come to church to learn about God, then yes, I can understand how that's stressful. But if you broaden out your vision of what you want your under threes to get out of church to, I want my kids to be engaged in a community of believers who love God. And I want my child's or my children to, to learn what it's like to be in church, to sing to him, to uh, be around people who love him to be significant in community, all of that, then you have a, a vision for what that per, that time is for more than just does my kid understand the story and can I get my church leader to do a kid version for two minutes so they can learn something too. So broaden what you're hoping for out of church and then begin to think about what do you want your children to engage with? You know your kids better than anybody. And so what is their next step in understanding church and engaging with church? And don't feel like it needs to be everything. If you're looking at a whole service, you're thinking, oh, I have two under threes. How can I help them uh, engage with all these multiple things? Pick one thing. All right, this this month, I just want my kid to know how to engage with worship. So I'm going to follow them around and uh, hold one baby while following the three-year-old around. And I'm going to talk about how we're singing to God and how it makes God's heart happy and how God's coming close. And I'm going to whisper to them the words beforehand so they can sing and I'll, I don't know, make up actions to the hymns. And I'll, I'll, I'll help my kid engage with worship for as long as that goes, so that they grow in that phase. And then when that phase seems to be waning, you may think, okay, I'm not going to worry about that. I feel like they've learned a little bit of that. Uh, I'm going to move on to the prayers. And so I'm going to talk about, you know, who God is and what he's doing and how we hold our bodies still so that our hearts can say yes. And we'll whisper yes whenever we um, listen to that. And we can train them in all of these little things, but don't worry about training them in everything. You pick one or two. And then the rest of the time, you know, whip out the snack bag and the and the books and feel free to Say, I want your brain to engage with this for five minutes, for 10 minutes. I want for every new section to do two minutes of telling you what it is. And then you can bail and be bored and play. And then I'm going to bring you back to engage with the first two minutes of the next section. And then I'll you know, let you be bored and, and feel confident to say, I don't need my kid to engage with all of this, but I want them to engage with these bits. And so the value is in them being there and having things framed for them and then for them experiencing it. And you can decide what bit is important for them to engage with and what bit is okay for you to have your kids space out in. There's no uh, expectation one way or other. You have under threes. 
their brains can't do an hour and a half. So feel free to pick what's next for them and help them engage with those little bits and figure out how to feel comfortable the rest of the time. section. I always like having somebody else's voice in this podcast and sometimes our recording schedule doesn't allow for it. So it's just me, everybody. So sorry. Uh, but I also like talking about Christmas. So I want to be honest, I wasn't trying too hard to find someone else's voices because I get to talk about Christmas. And uh, I find Christmas fascinating because of how many different views of God get presented in rapid fire succession. And it's a great opportunity to dig around a bit in how our kids are viewing God. A friend of mine, oh, I think it was last year, sent me this fantastic video uh, last year of her two-year-old coloring a very distinctly Christmassy coloring page of Santa in the North Pole. I mean, it was the most Santa-looking cartoony thing ever with, you know, North Pole signs and Santa in full Santa gear. And she she asked him as she was videoing him, what are you coloring? And he puts his hands in the air and he goes, Jesus! <laughs> Christmas can bring out all sorts in our views of God. And it's a great opportunity to discuss with our kids the nature of God because uh, we are just surrounded with so many different opportunities of conversation. And our job as parents is to help our kids continually see God better. And uh, this is a great time to open up these conversations. So I just wanted to talk through sort of three different things that can impact how our kids view God at Christmas and just sort of put it in front of you and say, huh, I have an interesting conversation about that stuff. For instance, one view of God that develops at Christmas which I find fascinating, is the uh, sweet little baby Jesus uh, view of God, <laughs> which I would have to say, as someone who works with children and young people, um, pops up more than you think, um, because there is so much stuff out there, uh, out there around Christmas about sweet little baby Jesus that it can actually color how children and teens see Jesus all year round. Because if you think about the, the presentation of Jesus, this incarnation of God himself, um, there's a lot of talk at Christmas about how perfect and passive this little baby is, um, about how this little tiny perfect little baby is unaware and, and sort of uncaring of our worship. Um, there's very little interaction with sweet little baby Jesus because he's just sitting there asleep you know, having a great time. And all these people are like running towards him to worship him and give him gifts. And he is just unaware because he's a baby. And, uh, and so as, as adults, we are just marveling at the incarnation of God humbling self to be a child. But to children, they are less impressed, partially because they don't see themselves as humble, small and insignificant. So we're like, wow, God humbled himself to be a small person like a child. And the kids are like, yep, that it's less significant because they don't see themselves as an insignificant. Uh, children can disengage with the baby Jesus as babies, to be honest, aren't that engaging. <laughs> They're sort of boring. Uh, it sort of um, doesn't look like he can do anything. And this can reinforce the helplessness of God, um, that it doesn't look like he can do anything. He's just there. And Carol's sort of help with this concept of this helpless passive god um think about the lyrics to some of our favorite songs like away in a manger away in a manger yes i can because i think there's no 
I think that's in the public domain. Uh, They say things like, little Lord Jesus lay down his sweet head, or little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. This little perfect baby who doesn't even cry, but just sleeps. Or even, oh, come let us adore him, which I love, and a lot of us love, um, actually is is all of us saying, oh, come let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Yep, that, that little baby, let's all wonder at the little baby. Now, those of us who can understand the, the power of the incarnation, we are adoring him, but sometimes to kids, um, they're forced to gather around small babies regularly. And, and yep, it's not a fun thing to recreate. Uh, and so sometimes these, even silent night, Jesus, Lord at thy birth, holy infant, so tender and mild, this perfect little sweet baby Jesus. And so I just would just suggest as you're going through to be aware as you're singing all these fantastic carols that we love, and I sing regularly, um, what framing is happening for your children so you can spot it and broaden it. Uh, talk about the power of God and how wondrous that God would come. Uh, people aren't thinking, ooh, what a cute baby, but can this really be the person who is also the part of God that will deliver us? Or they're thinking it's happening. Uh, keep aware of creating windows into this active, powerful God in your life and the world around. Pause when you're singing in the card to say, what does that mean? Is a crying baby okay? Uh, talk about it. Uh, the second view of God that can pop up uh, is this uh, concept. Well, the first one is that, you know, God's a sweet little baby Jesus that is passive. The second one is God is like Father Christmas, which is a really natural thing for kids to make because uh, Father Christmas is happy, jolly, watches our behavior at all times and punishes or rewards us for it while also loving and caring for us. But he also does it from a distance and in kind of a judgy way and can be virtually omnipresent when he wants to be and kind of does miracles and it's no wonder our view of Santa can accidentally get merged with the view of God. And to be fair, I think almost that this is a very tempting view of God for children. It's controllable. Uh, if you can charm God with your behavior, then you can have happy things happen to you. Uh, the problem is that this idea can set up a harmful expectation in a view of God. And I don't think any of us sit around going, Santa is exactly like God. Uh, but there, um, in the way that it's talked about, it can create these expectations, these accidental connections. And so whether or not you actually participate in uh, engaging with Santa in your house, having the mythology and language out there can actually influence how children um, think about a powerful being that is external to you. Uh, they sort of make connections without us making it for them. And so the problem is it sort of sets up this harmful expectation in a view of God. What happens to us is in direct link to how God judges our behavior. And that's a very dangerous and slippy path because then if you get a cold, is that because God's punishing you? And they make these weird connections. And so however you choose to engage with Santa in your house, um, it presents some really interesting conversations to have that simply can be, how is God not like Santa? Or is there anything about the Father Christmas story that reminds you of God? And you can go down all sorts of really interesting conversations as a sort of compare and contrast. And so um, this God can be like Father Christmas is an interesting view to unwind. And lastly, I just wanted to throw this in here is this view um, that God mostly talks through angels. And I've, I found this really interesting is 
Uh, most of the time, kids and teens focus on the angels in the nativity story and think, well, God hasn't sent an angel to me, so he must not talk to me. But God communicates in lots of different ways in the nativity story. And it might be worth highlighting the chatting and catching in the nativity story, the personal connection that doesn't happen through angels to highlight to kids that God is active in participating and communicating with all of the people in the story or most of the people in the story in many different ways. Um, there were so many times where it says the Holy Spirit came upon them or uh, or them. So, you know, Elizabeth, it says Holy Spirit came upon them. Zechariah encountered the Holy Spirit. Mary encountered the Holy Spirit. Simeon encountered the Holy Spirit. There's so many different people who it says distinctly in scripture that they encountered God personally. And so um, highlight some of the chat, chatting and catching. Um, do you know, there was there was only one person that I would say sort of genuinely chatted to God. We have repeatedly people talking to God or about God. Um, for instance, Mary praised God. You know, she was talking to Elizabeth and then she said, Oh, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. His mercy extends to those who fear him. He has performed mighty deeds. And Zechariah was similar. He said, Praise be to the Lord because he has come to his people. He has raised up. And so the the presentation of prayer can sometimes be a presentation of uh, talking about God. But Simeon in the story, the guy who greeted Jesus when he was on his way to the temple when he was eight days old, is the is the one time we actually see a chatting directly to God. And he says, oh, sovereign God, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared. And I, I just love that little chat. And that's an interesting conversation to have with your kids about about talking to God versus talking about him. But you can also chat about the different ways God speaks, catching from God. And if you're new to catching from God, you'll look on the Parenting for Faith website, but it's just a way of describing how God is communicating. Elizabeth caught from God with her skin. Mary caught from God with her eyes and ears. Joseph caught through dreams, a lot of dreams. There are four dreams that we hear in the Bible uh, about God talking to Joseph through dreams. And the wise men had a dream from God. And through nature, with the, the star, people were catching from God all over the place without angels. And so as you talk about the nativity story, highlight all the different ways God was speaking to people and create windows into what that looks like for you. So as you go through Christmas, walking alongside your family as they all continue to see new aspects of God's character, whether it's God as a passive sweet little baby or Father Christmas or only angels speaking, there are loads of opportunities to have great conversations about God and to help your kids um, find him in the midst of it all. And a question to start an interesting conversation is this. If you could go back in time and be somebody in the nativity story, who would you want to be? Right. I will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Uh, I think what's coming out uh, on Christmas week. So have a wonderful run up. Um, enjoy all of the thousands of nativity plays that you're going to have to go to. And uh, I pray that you would really encounter God this Christmas. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.